This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we're excited to be joined by Derek Stevens. He's the owner and CEO of the D Las Vegas Golden Gate Hotel and Casino and the soon to debut, I'm talking about just days from now, the Circa Resort and Casino. It's billed as the world's largest sports book. So a timely and important conversation. We know our audience is looking forward to this. Derek, thank you so much for joining us from Vegas. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. So let me start by asking you basically what we ask everybody that comes on this show what's your life like right now what is it like in vegas you know we're all sort of on the outside looking in but it feels like as the economists say some real kind of green shoots there uh in vegas yeah you know i think i think you know when we reopened it was june the 4th and you know since then we've had a few uh, additional uh governor related directives that we've made some adjustments with but i think in las vegas what you're seeing is uh particularly in the last month or so we're seeing more people come back to visit more people uh want to get out of the house i i think that people have come to realize that if you do get out of the house uh las vegas is a pretty safe place uh you know you can't go go more than 20 feet inside of a casino without a hand sanitizing station and you know, I think I think um, the culture on the country's changed a little bit. You know, when we uh, opened in June, there we opened without masks, and then later in June, masks were required, and that was a little bit tough initially. But now it's not a big deal. I mean, I think everyone uh, everyone's very accustomed to it. So, I think what we're doing is uh, we're keeping everybody safe and allowing people to go out and uh, have a little bit of fun. Now, you guys opened the Circuit Resort and Casino October twenty eighth. Uh, and that is all set now. I, back in the day, they used to do dry runs. I don't know now. Have you guys done a dry run with that? And and what happens? That's a great question. We're doing uh, we're doing our first one uh, Thursday night, and then we're doing our second and last one uh, on Sunday afternoon. So we've got two uh, two of these uh, play dates or dry runs, as you call them, uh, uh, coming up here. So we're we're uh, we're within uh, just a few hours of. Uh, of uh, of testing everything, so we're we're getting ready. Derek, tell me about this sports book that you have. Uh, I, I, reading the plans about it, it just seems absolutely fascinating and almost irresistible if uh, if you make the trip out to Vegas. Yeah, you know, I I thought that um, you know I've always been a big sports fan, and uh, you know I came I came to Vegas for a lot of reasons uh, for business for pleasure. I'm a big boxing fan, and uh, and and you know I've spent a lot of a lot of days and a lot of nights in sports books throughout the years. And you know when we had an opportunity to build one ourselves, um, we uh, we went out and we really tried to take a uh, you know some of the best ideas from uh, from multiple places. And uh, yeah, this will be uh, the sports book at Circle. It'll be the world's largest sports book. Three. Uh, three full stories, uh, you know, tiered seating, and, um, you know, the screen, oh, 
She's a majestic beauty, I can tell you that. <laughs> World's biggest screen, uh, the whole deal. So we've got uh, we've got a great setup. So if you're uh, if you've got some of your listeners that are interested in coming out and, and watching all the games, uh, they'll all be on because it's a uh, it's it's something pretty special. So I want to talk about recent history, if we can, in a few minutes, Derek. But I want to take you back a little ways, not to play too much of This Is Your Life, but talk to us about getting to Vegas, really moving to Vegas with your first investment. You know, 14 years ago, uh, I believe it was. It was a different town then, and obviously the intervening years have been up and down from an economic perspective, for sure. I mean, when you arrived, uh, the world was in a different place. The country was in a different place. So sort of walk us through the evolution of of your business model and how you have uh, sort of created that and and evolved it over the years. Sure, yeah. When I came to uh, Las Vegas in 2006, I mean, one of my primary motivations was – Moving my investment portfolio that I that I managed out to out to Las Vegas, and uh, you know Nevada is very pro business, no income tax, no state income tax, so it was a, a better environment for me to run uh, our investment portfolio. But for myself personally and my brother, we're, we're operators, so we had an opportunity to purchase the Golden Gate Hotel and Casino. What's kind of cool about this is the address is one Fremont Street. It's actually the very first building in the history of Vegas, 30 years before gambling came around. And I uh, purchased that and had an opportunity to kind of cut my teeth in uh, in the various divisions, you know, in the food, beverage areas, and the table slots, and, and then eventually into sports. So it was uh, – it was um yeah my first my first investment here in vegas and uh what's what's kind of cool now is it's directly across the street from where circus opening so it's only 100 feet away um uh, but but yeah I, I moved out really investment portfolio was a key thing and then uh and managing the small business and then kind of growing it from there was uh was uh my my initial uh, my initial few years out here I know you wish you were open on Sunday, especially for the New England-Denver game, because <laughs> I know a lot of people at the casino side made a lot of money off of that game. New England lost to Denver, 18-12, and somebody's got to set the line for that. So if you can take us through the process of how a sports book sets the line, not only for the NFL, but for, for any major sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our our guys, our sportsbook director, his name is Matt Metcalf. Um, he's in our risk room, and and um, last year, Circus Sports um, really became the the worldwide leader in in setting the college football line. And and what that means is you you take a, a handful of guys that have uh, have opinions. And they basically hash it out. They all use their power rankings, and they come up with a number. So, like, for example, next week, Big Ten starts. So let's just say Michigan's playing uh, Minnesota. You take the three three, uh, three uh, top power rankings. You try to evaluate that. Then you try to figure out some public sentiment, and then you come up with a number. And then really what we do is we put the, we post the number, and for a period of a couple hours, the, the – uh, the uh, betting limits are are rather small, and and every hour that goes by, the limits get a little bit bigger until you feel that um, you've reached the market equilibrium level for the line. So that's kind of how how it starts and how how it works uh, works its way to uh, to the number that uh, is posted for everybody to uh, take a shot at. Sorry, Lynchy, I didn't mean to rub it in about the uh, Patriots. Yeah, that was really <laughs> boy, that really helped me in a lot in my survivor pool, man. A lot of people got knocked out. I'm sorry, I should. I said the quiet part out loud again. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> and we all know that Michael Barr, that was a personal question for him, how they set the line. He yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Asking for a friend. That's Michael Barr's. Uh, I got my pencil answer. right here, man. <laughs> uh, Derek, obviously the, the, the big elephant in the room in your business uh, is the states that are legalizing gambling now. I'm sure everyone in your business has seen this coming for years. How have you prepared for it? How do you combat it? And uh, how do you overcome it? Well, I would tell you in your last couple of comments, I don't, I don't think we're combating anything. I don't think we want to overcome anything. Um, you know, the, right now, um, sports wagering is legal in 19 states, and more will be coming in, uh, in in 2021. And and there's really a couple of couple of elements here. First, the more states that that allow legalized sports wagering, we feel we feel uh, that that's great for our brick and mortar model out out in Las Vegas. And what I mean by that is a lot of the people that are uh, that are downloading their apps in whatever state they live in, well, some of those people come to Vegas, and when they do, they're all going to want to come and come and check out the the world's largest sports book. So we are we are very very much uh, in support of uh, of um, increased legal um, sports wagering throughout the country. Number two, Circus Sports is also um, an app that you can get in other areas. Currently, you know, you can use our app anywhere in the state of Nevada. We, uh, we were licensed in the state of Colorado a few months ago, so we're up in Colorado. And we're actively looking at additional states to, uh, to uh, bring the Circus Sports app uh, to, to uh, those customers in, in those states. And how have you seen the the technology and, and the app side really evolve? I mean, you think about what has changed uh, since that fateful uh, reload that you made uh, back in in uh, back fourteen years ago, uh, Derek. I mean, it's boomed, and I feel like especially it's boomed during the pandemic, especially when sports were were back up and running. How do you assess the competitive landscape? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think uh, you know that's that's. The one thing that that uh, definitely evolved and evolved more quickly during uh, during the summer, spring and summer of 2020, like a lot of things with technology. I mean, we, we really accelerated the learning curve and and uh, really led by, you know, in sports wagering, um, in the sports wagering area, um, really led by initially. Uh, uh, UFC and then uh, NASCAR and golf jumped into it. Um, that really uh, that really got people uh, really excited because, from a social distancing perspective, um, betting on your phone's a, a great a great yeah. thing to do. You know, by the time baseball came back at the end of July, that was uh, that was great. And then really, you know, August, September, and you know, so far, the first couple weeks of October. I mean the the sports wagering numbers are 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 up so dramatically. We, um, we you know we're not limited because we're a privately held company, so I, I don't have quiet periods. But uh, you know we we uh, we had some projections on what we thought uh, this football season was gonna was gonna look like, and uh, um, you know we thought we were being pretty aggressive about it. But these numbers are really kind of blowing us away. The uh, the demand for sports wagering is. Uh, is strong and it is growing. I mean, it helps you. It helps you kind of understand some of the valuations you're seeing on some of the publicly traded uh, companies in this space. Now, this isn't a normal sports year, especially for the sports books, because if you NFL obviously is king, but uh, during this time in a normal period, you'd either have also an NHL game or an NBA game, and then everything overlaps, and then you have baseball coming. Uh, in the spring, so everything was overlapping. But now, because of, well, the World Series will 
is coming up, but I'm just wondering if a lot of people out there are betting on soccer now because that's something that's continuing. Oh yeah, you know, there, there's no question. Uh, the soccer wagering is something that um, that that they've really got the benefit of, of a lot of uh, a lot of these uh, leagues not not posting games. So there's a, a significant growth in soccer wagering that we've seen over the course of the last few months. Um, that that was definitely a sport that uh, that picked up uh, picked up some new customers. Um, you know, based upon how uh, 2020 played out with with your app. Do you actually physically have to be in a state that has legalized gambling, or do you have to be in Nevada or Colorado? In other words, Rhode Island, other than the, in New England, uh, New Hampshire and Rhode Island. If I drive into New Hampshire, can I use your app? Yeah, great question. Um, you know what, the, and the answer is, is uh, it really depends upon the state. So, for example, in the state of Nevada, you have to sign up with your app at one of our at one of our casinos, um, and that's where you have to make your initial deposit as well. And then you can you can use your phone. You can use the Circus Sports app anywhere within the state of Nevada. You got to be in the state to make a wager. Colorado's a little bit different. Colorado's a, a state that that utilizes remote registration and remote funding. It's 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 the most progressive of all the states. So you can be sitting at home and uh, download the Circus Sports Colorado app, and then you just have to take a picture of your driver's license. It gets verified within about 15 seconds, and then you have the ability to fund your account through any method you want through a wire transfer through an ACH you can use your you can use your credit card just to just to fund it so Colorado's the most progressive of all the states so so to answer your question is each state is different and uh, and they continue to come out in a different manner so that that's kind of how it plays out and so Derek how do you get involved with the the general push among casino operators and sports book, especially online sports book operators, to push for more legalization and 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 how to on a state by state basis, and where does that sit right now? And you know, politics are involved both on the state and, and federal and, and local level. Walk us through how you see that evolving over the next couple of years. Yeah, well, I think I think what we're going to see. I mean, particularly, you know, after what's happened in 2020. I mean, states are going to be um, a little bit more aggressive in looking for um, alternate revenue. Uh, yeah, because they're so, sorry to interrupt you. I mean, you've got massive, massive revenue shortfalls in so many states owing to COVID, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, because of COVID, I mean, everything. Every state's going to be way out of uh, way out of what they projected on their budget for for 2020, and, and I think I think there's just a natural um, a natural push now on states that don't have legal uh, legal sports wagering that it, that it's gonna it's gonna move forward. I mean, I think you're gonna see. Ohio's going to be not too far down the road. I think you're going to see some of the changing regulations in Michigan. I think Montana's going to update some of the rules and regs. And then I think I think you got about six or seven other states that are, you know, in within their legislatures are kind of working their way through it because because this is a service, this is a product that that people want. And and it's safe and and I think you know for for people in many states they're really pushing their legislatures to to uh, to get moving and not get left behind. We had talked earlier with uh, another guest and we were talking about how the good old corner bookie 
is not going to go out of business. And for one simple reason, because the bookie will give you credit. And I'm wondering, one day, will sports books get into something like that and offer credit to the the players? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Circus Sports does right now. So if you walk up to uh, walk up to uh, the counter at the D Las Vegas or the Golden Gate or Circa, you just get a credit manager. They'll be able to help you fill out a fill out a credit application. So that's uh, that's evolving really as we speak, right? You know, right now. I think um, I think you're right though. I think the quarter book is going to do okay, um, and, and I think there's a lot of reasons uh, a lot of reasons for that. Um, let me just take give you an example. I mean, the quarter bookie in uh, in Chicago. Or anywhere in the state of Illinois um, doesn't have a whole lot to worry about uh, the way they, you know, Illinois set up their uh, their regulations and their tax basis. It doesn't really allow for a, um, a legal sports book to be very competitive. So the uh, the illegal bookie is going to do just fine in Illinois, um, I, because just because with with the regs that, that Illinois set up, you're just not going to get that much uh, that much play as as what you would in, in some of the other states. Of course, I was asking the bookie question for a friend. Right. For yeah. a friend. Just, just wanted <laughs> yeah. to let you know. You're going to have such a well-informed friend, Michael Barry. <laughs> it's, really, it's really amazing. You're so generous. I'm going to give him all such my notes. a generous today. guy. <laughs> hey, Derek, since you reopened in June, uh, how is the is the foot traffic increased? Has it decreased? Has it uh, been flat? How is, how is it? In yeah, Vegas. you know, since June we've had uh, it's it's uh it's been uh, many different uh, different scenarios. So I'd say you know the first ten days there's a little bit of euphoria. Um, the places were were very packed. Um, a few weeks later, you know, we had a regulation where where everyone had to wear masks. And like I said, now now it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But but at that point in time. Um, it was a big deal, and and uh, it was difficult to implement because there were an awful lot of people that just didn't want to want to wear a mask and and were were willing to become aggressive about it. But uh, but I think we've gotten past that. Um, I would say that that you know throughout the rest of the summer because there's there was so much concern from the airline industry and people having a reluctance to fly, we saw you know a, a, a mix change where Vegas became more of a drive-in market. Um, you know, at, at my casinos at the at the D Las Vegas and Golden Gate, you know, our 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 main customer base is Midwestern base. So it's Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota. That that's really our our bread and butter. And and uh, when people are afraid to get an airplane, well, that's tough. So from from the casino management business, that means you have to go out and you have to start marketing to uh, people that are able to drive into town. So there's a little bit of a, of a mixed change there. Um, I would tell you, though, in the last few weeks, I think uh, you're starting to see more and more people fly in to McCarran Airport, and and pretty clearly, uh, pretty clearly, the uh, the 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 further domestic travelers, is, it's pretty noticeable that they're uh, they're showing up now. And so, Derek, uh, before we let you go, got to ask you about downtown Vegas. Uh, you know, all of us have been to Las Vegas numerous times. We've sort of seen uh, over the course of history downtown sort of ebb and flow. Certainly seems like it's coming up. The last time I was there, maybe 18 months, uh, two years ago, definitely uh, bumping, as the kids say. And certainly the debut of uh, Circa is only going to to help that. Uh Talk to us about that and and what you see as the future of downtown. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, when you look at 2019, I mean, downtown Vegas, you know, Fremont Street, really amazing on, on the visitation. The uh, the uh, the the quantity of people in 2019 was 24 million people that visited downtown Vegas. So the second most visited tourist destination in America. So I think I think there's a certain element where 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 people that come to Las Vegas kind of have downtown as as part of their. Uh, must must see list or must do list and uh and i think that you know that's going to continue on i mean we're we're noticing it right now i mean the the crowds are uh, are are socially distanced but the but in, but in some ways the places are packed i mean everybody's coming out everybody's wearing masks and and uh, you know i'm excited about having this investment in downtown las vegas i uh i probably wouldn't have done done uh, an investment of the size and scope of what circa is um, elsewhere, it's just uh, this was the right location and uh, and the right time. So I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about opening this up next week. And, and so, what was the, if I may, follow on that? Like, what was the tipping point? Do you think for for downtown? Because you know, we're probably having a different conversation, and, and you would obviously know it far better than I. A different conversation. You might have a different investment thesis ten years ago. What What do you think was the What was the point where? downtown really became much more of a destination again well i think i think one of the things that that really happened was the the fact that that you didn't have to um stay in a hotel room in downtown to uh to to enjoy it what i mean by that there's only six thousand hotel rooms in downtown las vegas if you multiply that by 365 days a year it's only two million you know room nights but we're doing 24 million visitors. I, I really think that what what happened was you have a little bit more uh, of an urbanization happening. You've got younger people wanted to, that wanted to move downtown. You've got ride sharing. Um, no one wants to drink and drive, but but everybody likes to have a drink. So this became a really really hot hot destination for people to come out, get a good meal, maybe have have uh, have a little bit of fun on the tables and slots and things like that. Get some drinks and then. Uh, and then you know, then you have your Uber, your Lyft to be able to take you home or take you back to your other hotel. So I really think it was a combination of some of the ride sharing mm. and um, and and the fact that that uh, people really enjoyed you know hanging out in a in an outdoor bar district where you kind of walk from casino to casino and, uh, and 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 enjoy all the free entertainment. Which brings me to the last point that I wanted to make, which is I I, I insisted to myself that we get in this in the garage mahal. Tell us about the garage. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I've been, I've been actually, you know, for people that I've been hanging around for ten years, I've been lamenting. You know, this doesn't really have, even have to do just with hotels and casinos, but I always wondered why do garages have to be so dirty and so dimly lit and so cold and dark and you know and 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 provide you that feeling of it being unsafe. I just never thought that that was a requirement and. Uh, you know, Garage Mahal is something we're going to do. Where really, it's a it's a transportation hub. I mean, the entire first floor is just really made for ride sharing, whether it's Uber, Lyft, or uh, or uh, limos or cabs, things like that. So we tried to design something that was the easiest um, venue to get in and out of, and 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 that includes all the way getting to the highways, on and off ramps, and things like that. And then what we what we did is we kind of spruced it up, where we added some music, some great lighting, a lot of art. Uh, and you know, concierge is on different levels, and and uh, we wanted to create a really uh, a really upbeat spot as our as our kind of our main entrance, and and I just thought 
I didn't want anybody ever to call it a parking garage because this is so much more. I, that's why we wanted to name it, and I just thought Garage Mall was the was the perfect name for this uh, for this destination. Well, well done. I'm so glad we got to discuss that because that was my favorite thing of all of the uh, all the research and in, uh, in getting to this conversation. Derek Stevens, best of luck to you, owner and CEO of the D Las Vegas Golden Gate Hotel and Casino, the downtown Las Vegas Event Center, and maybe most importantly the soon-to-debut Circa Resort and Casino featuring the aforementioned Garage Mahal. Best of luck. Keep us posted on uh, on how it all goes. We're eager to uh, hear more about your success in the future, Derek. All right. Thanks a lot. Nice to talk to you guys. I love listening to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, by the way, Derek, are, are you, is your app in Pennsylvania? Just for a friend. I mean, our, app, <laughs> our app is not currently in Pennsylvania. We are currently in Nevada, and we are in in uh, Colorado. Oh, damn. All right. Well, you got your first customer lined up when you got to Pennsylvania. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. Well, Be well. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Derek. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Mike Lynch and Jason Kelly. And we're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. Lots of great conversations to come. A lot happening, guys, in the world of sports. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.